You're listening to From the Beginning. I'm Griffin Caprio. And I'm Jen Dudley. And this is our show about podcasters, their origins, and how they came to create their podcast. In this episode, we're talking with Jeremy Deemer, co-host, producer, and engineer of the Wrigleyville Nation podcast, which is celebrating its fifth anniversary this year. One of the things that I really liked about this episode was hearing Jeremy's story from the beginning and how he got his start five years ago, just trying to connect and tell stories with his friends about the Cubs. It was really interesting to watch him uh, retell his story about how he found his tribe. How about you, Jen? It was great to hear how Jeremy and his co-hosts are committed to telling the story of the neighborhood of Wrigleyville in addition to talking about the Cubs and those stories. It gives a different dimension to the podcast overall. So here's Jeremy's story from the beginning. We're here with Jeremy Deemer, the host of Wrigleyville Nation podcast. So Jeremy, tell us what is the current state of the podcast and the Wrigleyville Nation community? Sure. Um, We do a a weekly podcast during baseball season covering the Chicago Cubs and the Wrigleyville neighborhood. And during the offseason, we go about every two weeks, uh, depending on, on how the news cycle is going. Um, the podcast has been going strong for uh, what will be five years this November, and uh, uh, having the Cubs being a winning baseball team sure makes for uh, a lot of engagement with our listeners and uh, a lot of interesting things to cover. Yeah, I can imagine it would change the tone of the uh, of the podcast slightly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started in podcasting in general, and then why. Uh, uh, a podcast about Wrigleyville and, and the Cubs in particular. Sure. Yeah. We, uh, my, my cousin who is my co-host, uh, my cousin, Pat, he is a, uh, a Wrigleyville native lives in the neighborhood, just blocks from Wrigley field. And so he's a season ticket holder, of the Cubs I'm in his season ticket holder package. And the, uh, I'm not sure if you follow the Cubs or not, but in 2012, the Cubs were a very bad baseball team. They were not good at all. And as season ticket holders, the new regime in charge of the Cubs was telling the season ticket holders, hey, we've got a plan. This is our plan. You should see the kids in the minor leagues. This is the future. This is something. And so we started engaging with a lot of the Chicago Cubs blogging community to hear about what's going on in the minor leagues, to read about this stuff, because I I personally didn't know and I wanted to learn more information. And in the Cubs podcasting space, there was was a a Cubs cast podcast that that went, I think it stopped recording in about 2011, and that left a pretty big void. Uh, Ivy Envy was one of the other Cubs podcast that was out there, which I enjoyed listening to, but, uh, and, and they're great guys, but they, they weren't, uh, uh, giving me the, the kind of coverage that I wanted. I was really looking for like, uh, I'd read these blogs and I had follow-up questions for bloggers. So, uh, I talked to my cousin and we were, you know, lamenting about, uh, Hey, there's a need for this. Maybe we should uh, create something. And, and so we, uh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, the podcast medium in that form, more so than, than uh, blog posts. I think, you know, that was a very well-served Cubs community, but uh, I wanted to add something new to the uh, podcasting landscape. So I, I figured let's, and I also don't write, I don't like to write. <laughs> I'm more, more of an orator. So let's, let's do it uh, uh, with, through the form of a podcast. And I, I 
so we uh, we launched the podcast in November of 2013 uh, with a format of let's have a guest on someone from the Cubs blogging community, someone from the the beat writers that are there, and let's be able to ask those follow-up questions. Let's be able to go in depth and and ask the questions that I'm sure other season ticket holders and other Cubs fans were also wanting to know. So before I ask some more questions about the Cubs and Wrigleyville Nation in general, I'm curious, you mentioned liking podcasting as a medium in particular. So beyond the preferring to speak over writing, is there something in particular about this medium that you really like? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I have a long commute. <laughs> so podcasting and audiobooks lend itself to my uh, my long commute from the I, I moved from the north side of the city down to the uh, extreme south suburbs. So uh, I have a, a long commute. And so I would go through a lot of podcasts. Uh, and even going from Wrigleyville down, uh, the, down on the red line to my office downtown, I was uh, listening to a lot of podcasts more than trying to, uh, to, to read on the train or, or any of these commutes. So my, my podcast library kept growing. Nice. Um, so you're coming up on your five-year anniversary of the podcast. What keeps you motivated to continue to record? Well, that's a great question. Um, we we enjoy getting to talk to to the people that we read. We read their work. We get to talk to them. We get to engage with them, and uh, and that's great from our, our guest perspective, but also from our listener perspective. So our Instagram and our, our Twitter uh, followers they engage with us. We get emails, uh, and, and a lot of the the the, the fan interaction has been. Uh, great and, and something we really enjoy doing. And, and just, I, I, you know, we're as season ticket holders, we're going to keep following the Cubs. So we want to uh, keep giving everyone, you know, we feel like we're, we're, we're giving people uh, information, uh, answering those questions and also keeping a spin on, on what's going on in the neighborhood because we have that, that's kind of a unique perspective we bring to our coverage is, my cousin's in the neighborhood, so we're talking about hey events that are going on at the park at Wrigley in the off season in the winter time. Uh, hey, new restaurants are coming into the neighborhood at all times. So where should I take my family now when I'm coming to a game? So being able to to also do provide that service is is something that that gets us excited. Yeah, I definitely appreciate having that local perspective because I, I think your uh, cousin lives still lives in Wrigleyville. Is that right? Absolutely. Yep, a couple blocks That's- away. Nice. So how would you say the neighborhood has evolved since you over the last five years? Well, the, uh, the, the Cubs and the Ricketts uh, family have been uh, uh, procuring a lot of the real estate around the ballpark. They've been investing heavy in the neighborhood. And so there, there has been a lot of, uh, a lot of turnover. There's now uh, some big hotels. There's, there's fewer uh, neighborhood bars. Um, you know, my favorite spot pregame was Mullins. So when that closed down, I was uh, uh, sad to see that go. Um, so we've lost some good neighborhood bars, but they're adding more uh, high-end restaurant spots. They're adding more uh, other activities, uh, such as like there's a movie theater going in across the street. So as you know, some members of the family can go to uh, to the ball game. A couple others that aren't interested could go see a movie. There's there, there's going to be a lot more 
things to do in the neighborhood, which is a positive. And uh, uh, so there's definitely been a lot of change around the ballpark and, and it's continuing to evolve. Every year, something new is opening up. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I lived in uh, Wrigleyville, right up, right on Waveland and Halstead for uh, the the 2002 and the 2003 campaigns when they got close to the World Series with the NLCS. And uh, I remember how crazy the uh, the neighborhood got. And then to go up there now, you know, what 15 years later is it's like a completely different experience, which has been amazing, but also a little jarring to see. Absolutely. It is. Yeah. It, it can be, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, I'm turning into that old guy that's pointing out this used to be that, and this <laughs> used to be that. And yes, uh, I, I definitely hear you. Yeah. Trying to convey, uh, what that McDonald's on the corner of Clark and Addison looked like before, yeah, after, and during exactly. games. Yeah, it just doesn't do it justice now. So no, same thing with the Seven Eleven on Sheffield. Like, Hey, that's where we used to go before the game and meet up here and do that. Yeah. Did you have any kind of like aspirations of being a sports caster, either for the Cubs or just kind of in general? Um, I, I don't think that's uh, no. It's definitely not something that uh, uh, that was it, as much of an inspiration. It was uh, it was very much self serving on the the knowledge side. We mm. I've got questions. I want to know this stuff. I want to talk to people. Uh, and, and while I'm doing it, uh, I can give back to the, to the internet community at large. Uh, I, I do a lot of taking, so if I could give back a little bit, uh, I'm all for that. And, uh, so, so doing this, it was, it was very self-serving for my own and, and, and other season ticket holders knowledge. Um, but you know, the broadcasting part, it turns out I, I do highly enjoy and, uh, and I'm, I'm, uh, it, so it's not where it started, but I'm definitely interested in uh, continuing to get better as a broadcaster because that was, uh, you know, that's something that we've kind of been learning to do on the fly. And I take the, you know, the audio quality, the engineering parts of it, the, produ- the production pieces and the broadcasting pieces very seriously as we've matured uh, as, as professionals quotes, uh, <laughs> as we've done this. So yeah, it's definitely something that, uh, I'm trying to get better at. And, uh, and I know my cousin is as well. So what would you say is the biggest thing that's changed just from a, a production piece or the podcasting, um, kind of that broadcast piece that you're talking about over the last five years? Sure. Uh, yeah, we started out, you know, when I, you know, we started out just Googling around, like, how do we have guests on a podcast when I can't get to them all the time? And my cousin's in Wrigleyville and I'm in the suburbs and how, how are logistically, what are the technical challenges around that? And how do we want to address that? And so we started out with, you know, we started out using Skype and recording Skype conversations and, it was about, I think it was in our second year, uh, the, I had a, one of our biggest guests. We had Len Casper, the play-by-play voice of the Chicago Cubs on television, and he was coming on the podcast. And so I called Len Casper's cell phone from my Skype, and I had the recording ready to go. And then as I'm, I'm doing the engineering pieces of it, I'm hearing this popping sound while I'm working on the levels and I can't figure out where this popping sound is coming from and it's driving me nuts. And so I'm, I'm 
we're we're starting to have a conversation with Len Casper. I'm frantically Googling around like Skype, popping noise, make it stop. How does this happen? <laughs> and only to uh, only to discover a, uh, a Twitter storm of, hey, Skype's having problems. Hey, my Skype is sounding terrible. Hey, so it's not just me. Uh, Skype in general was having this issue. And so... Uh, I said never again, and yeah. I said we 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 we're out of, we're out of Skype as our our business. It it nearly let us down. I was able to uh, salvage that episode in post production, um, but I was I said never again. So we moved to Google Hangouts, which has been a significant improvement, um, and it's very easy for my guests to join, which was another uh, piece for those guests that that had. Uh, it, so we don't ha- we didn't have to call people all the time. I liked the, having them the ability to you know if they didn't have Skype they could always just click a link on the Hangouts and go. And so uh, Hangouts was a significant upgrade for us. So I could still call people's phones, and uh, they could join us if they had uh, uh, ability to just click the link on their computer. So uh, that was one of the biggest improvements we made. And, uh, I haven't had any technical issues like that, uh, around, around hangouts since. Yeah, that's really, um, good to hear. I know there's nothing more, uh, nerve wracking than doing something kind of live, even though, you know, kind of recording isn't live, you're still talking to somebody and technical difficulties during that are a certain way to, uh, to have a heart attack. <laughs> Absolutely. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned kind of business a little bit a while ago during that story. Is is there any aspirations to turn Wrigleyville Nation into a larger uh, kind of entity, or do you always think of it as more of kind of a fun side project? We wanted to uh, get it. We wanted to get the podcast out of the red as soon as possible. <laughs> we were, while we enjoy doing it, uh, we don't enjoy losing a lot of money. So <laughs> we wanted to uh, have the podcast just be self-sustaining while at the same time, any additional monies coming in, we would just pump back into making the broadcast better. And that's what we, that's what we did early on. So we were able to, after the first couple of years as the uh, as the podcast success grew, it grew with the Cubs' success. We had a, a good enough spike in listenership that we were able to bring on some sponsors, and so we had very supportive, very good sponsors, and and our listeners were were supportive of them, and so they kept coming back, and so we had a, a few good years of sponsorship money. Um, we also started a Patreon to raise some money to upgrade our audio equipment, and. And because we didn't put a ton of initial investment into the first couple of years, we, you know, borrowing gear from this guy, um, you know, buying a cheap version of this to try things out. But then uh, the, the, the listeners donated a lot of money through our Patreon and our ad sales. We were, we, we had quite enough surplus to, to upgrade our in-studio equipment. I was able to purchase uh, equipment for remote uh in-person interviews. And when my cousin and I would do in-person uh, uh, interviews, I was able to get a, a portable set of, of gear for that. And uh, we were able to pay through our hosting fees for, for, for many years. So uh, the podcast was in the black and that, and, and we've got uh, you know, a, a pretty good 
uh, you know, we've got a pretty good run rate now for, for what we're doing. So we've, you know, we're not pushing the Patreon very hard. Uh, we're, we pick up a sponsor here and there, but we're not really trying to make a ton of money on it. What we want to do most of mostly is to just put the money back and in, into the business and, and make sure that, you know, it's, it's in the black and we have the ability to, you know, when a microphone explodes or a, a computer goes down that we can, buy new equipment and stay on, on schedule to, to deliver these, uh, these podcasts. Yeah, that's great. That's certainly, uh, an aspirational direction. I think a lot of podcasters have. So you mentioned the Patreon, um, obviously the intersection of, of Cubs and sports and, and Wrigleyville brings with it a, a significant amount of passion and, uh, Cubs fans definitely have their opinions. Do you interact with the larger, um, kind of listener base, uh, that you have in any way? Yeah, we, we interact with our, uh, our fans mostly through our social media and our email, like I said before, and, and the, the Patreon was a, a big success. We were, uh, humbled and, 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 and shocked at the listener contributions that came our way, uh, to support the show. And that's, it was really eye opening that, uh, you know, when you interact with the fans, it, it, it reminds you that, uh, that there's people listening. <laughs> so, you know, a lot of times you can just get it, you know, into the show and, and, in just be, you know, I, it, it's, I, I like to tell people, it's like, if you went to lunch with me and my cousin, this is exactly what it would sound like. <laughs> and, and so, so sometimes we get into a, a very casual discussion, uh, like that and you forget that other people are listening, uh, when you're into it. And, and it's, it's, it's always humbling to hear that when, especially when, uh, you know, we're, uh, we, we push the schedule by a day to accommodate a guest or something. And then I'll be hammered with a bunch of tweets to saying, where's my podcast this morning? Where'd you guys go? What, uh, we were expecting this. Uh, where, where is it? It's like, it's coming tomorrow. Sorry. So now I, I, I proactively say, podcast will be up a day late because of, uh, we're accommodating a guest, but it's, it's, uh, you know, it's those interactions that, that are great, especially, you know, our iTunes reviews. Um, you know, we've got a lot of five-star reviews and a lot of super positive comments and we, we read those and, and share those on the air as much as we can, because, uh, you know, anytime we can interact with, with our, our listeners, it's, uh, it, it, it inspires us to, to keep, trying to be better and keep trying to do a good job for them. I think that's definitely the hope for most podcasters. And I think it's one of the things that's actually challenging about the medium, because like you said, you're uh, talking to your co-host or you're talking, you know, kind of broadcasting your own voice out into the void and there's not an easy way to get that feedback. So having that social channel that's um, active, I'm sure helps a lot. Yeah, it absolutely does. And, uh, you know, we, the social media has been huge for, for our show also not only interacting with fans, but that's how I get the majority of, of guests booked on the show, being able to just tweet at somebody like, Hey, we'd love to have you on the show and, and being able to interact with them that way. It's, it's opened up, uh, a whole, um, you know, a whole list of, of guests I could have never imagined would be on my podcast, but through, through social media, it's opened those doors for us. 
That's awesome. And I imagine as a fan, it's uh, kind of fulfilling some of those things you were hoping when you got into the podcast in terms of being able to meet people and have those conversations. Absolutely. And that's, that's a, a good point too. Cause when, you know, when we started this podcast, uh, you know, I, I, I made sure that we, we didn't just start a podcast that was just going to be us talking. Uh, we needed to have a structure. We needed to have a format and we, we needed to, to say, okay, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be an interview. We're going to talk news, neighborhood happenings and, and close. And then, uh, and, and we'll have, you know, our cadence will be weekly and then every two weeks in the off season. Cause we don't, we don't want to go away totally. And we want to do these things and, and, and really, uh, coming up with a production sheet for, you know, how we're doing this, what it looks like was really important so that, uh, as you're building, uh, to, to build your audience, if you just, you know, you, you only get that, that, you know, a first chance to make a first impression. Uh, <laughs> so you, you want to make sure that it, it's a good one. And so, uh, being able, you know, we've tinkered with the, with, with the lineups and the formats, uh, occasionally, but it's really just been, uh, improving on, you know, what we, what we started, what we started with. And, and, you know, it was, it was trying to define those stretch goals as well. Like, you know, who do we really want on the podcast? Uh, you know, at some point, who, who should we try to reach and talk to? And let's, let's get that, you know, let's make that list. And, and we've been, uh, uh, we've been knocking out some of those big names on that list too, which has uh, been pretty exciting for us. That's very cool. I have to say, I went back and listened to the very first episodes. Uh, oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's always, it's actually one of my favorite things with podcasts is always to listen to like the first episode and then one of the more, you know, and then the more recent episodes, especially for ones that have been running for as long. Uh, and one of the things I appreciated was even in the early episodes and talking about having like a trivia segment or, um, you know, Cubs media, uh, segment and, and, it was obvious that you had put a lot of thought into that format piece from the get-go. That's right. You just jogged my memory that the, uh, yeah, the first, uh, we wanted to tie episode numbers to something. So the first, uh, I think we started with episode four, uh, and, and then through episode number 68, we did, uh, we would talk about, we wanted a Cubs history section in the podcast to close out the show. And so we would always do based on the episode number, Whoever, whichever Cubs player wore that uniform number, we talked about those uh, players in Cubs history. So we finished with number sixty-eight, who was uh, Jorge Soler at the time. So uh, we we went through the uh, uh, the entire list, and then and then we we said, okay, we're 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 out of that idea now because we're into uh, you know too high of episode numbers to do jerseys. What other Cubs history? lesson should we do? And so we crowdsourced it with our listeners. The listeners came back with, well, you're at episode 69. Why don't you talk about that year of Cubs history? So the 69 Cubs, the 70 Cubs, the 71. So our history segment then turned from individual players to that Cubs year. Uh, so 69, 70, all the way through. Uh, we, 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 I think we finished in uh, the... We, we got up to around, uh, you know, like the 2012 era as, as the, you know, we got to the the start of when we started covering the team on the podcast. So that was, 
that was really interesting for me too, personally, to do that research before the show, uh, where my cousin and I would look up, uh, you know, what the team's record was back in that year. And, and, and we were able to keep our history segments going. So that was that I'm glad you uh, jogged my memory about that. Yeah, that's a great idea and a, and a good way to kind of weave in, um, some of the historical things, especially for some of the newer Cubs fans that are probably finding you, um, via the podcast and, and not really knowing about kind of like the rich history going back to like the eighties, the seventies and the sixties. So. Exactly. And it gives our, our, I wanted to make sure, you know, as you know, we were putting thought into what the show would be, I wanted to make sure that we had some, uh, you know, cause a lot of this is weekly. So a lot of it is, you know, uh, dated very quickly. So I wanted to be able to have at least some episodes or some portions of episodes that had some evergreen type of content. So I can, you know, I can always point people back to, you want to hear about when we covered the 84 Cubs, that's episode 84. Yeah, absolutely. It's a nice little mnemonic device. So has anything changed since the Cubs have, uh, have broken the curse and, and won the world series? A lot has changed, uh, <laughs> in, uh, with the, with the team and with the podcast. Um, obviously 2016 was by far our biggest year as a podcast. Um, as the Cubs went, so did our uh, listeners and demand for Cubs content. Uh, so yeah, our, our highest downloads and streams came during the 2016 world series run. And for us that, so we, we gained a ton of listeners, uh, during that, that stretch. And we've got, uh, you know, it, it was, as a Cubs fan and a sports fan, it was one of the most fun times of, of, of my livelihood. Um, <laughs> but definitely what I like to, to tell people what's changed with the Cubs is what I saw with the Blackhawks. I'm a Hawks season ticket holder as well. Uh, so I, I, I'm a longtime Blackhawks fan. And as soon as they won the Stanley Cup, it, it was the, I knew what, what happens is it turns from, from the nonstop fun to now you're not playing with house money anymore. There's expectations and everything moves now to expectations that this team has to perform. Uh, and, and you're expecting the, the world series contention every year. And, and it's a completely different perspective than being, uh, you only get that one first time and it's never going to be the same after that. When there's a, a cloud of expectations, the mood changes, things are different. And, and it's, championships become more of a relief than they do in uh, excitement uh, and, and, and joy. Uh, first, you have a new feeling of, of relief that, ah, they, they made it again. And, and so that I experienced that with the Blackhawks, and I knew that that was going to happen with the Cubs, and we're starting to see it right now with the successes they've had post-World Series. It seems like almost the you know, second album syndrome for musicians – so uh, it's nice to have additional voices like your podcast to, to talk through that. And I'm sure the fans really uh, appreciate having that perspective, too, and, and what can feel like maybe a letdown. Exactly. And, and it, it's yeah, it, even though it, it's yeah, it, it, it's a it feels like a letdown. And if you go on Cubs Twitter you think the sky is falling and this team is back to the levels of 2012, but uh, no, it's just, it, it's insane. Uh, yeah. So you, it's a roller coaster of emotions and mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's nice 
to uh, to be able to talk it through. I, I have that benefit, and I'm hoping that people that our listeners are also hearing us talk it through and be like, "Oh yeah, no, no, this team's still good. It, it's still exciting. We still love the, everything that's going on." And Cubs yeah. Twitter can just be crazy sometimes. Right? Yeah, but, you can uh, kind of put things in perspective a little exactly, bit. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> so. Looking at what's next, again, you've got uh, your five-year coming up. Do you have any big plans for to celebrate the anniversary, or you know, what are you looking to do next with the podcast? Yeah, it's funny because we started in the off-season by design so that nobody would hear how bad we were at first. <laughs> um, so so our, our anniversary will come uh, when everyone's done celebrating a Cubs World Series, hopefully. Uh, or, so... So yeah, I don't I don't know if we if we have anything, uh, you know, we might celebrate it going into the season. Uh, I I don't know what we're going to do yet for a celebration. That's that's to be determined. But I think five years is a pretty pretty important milestone for us because I don't think you know we we had any idea how uh, how well things were going to go or if we were going to be able to keep it up. We all have day jobs. This we're not doing this to support uh, ourselves. We're we're doing it because. Uh, uh, we'd love to do it. So, you know, I don't, I think it's a quite an accomplishment and we want to definitely celebrate that, that achievement. I think we will do that. Um, as, as, as far as what's next for the podcast, um, you know, we're, we want to, uh, keep doing what we're doing. We're going to try to, uh, you know, after this season, uh, is done, we're going to try some new things out in the off season, uh, which is a good time for us to, uh, to, to tinker with some things. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to, we want to do some more, uh, uh, we want to do some more live type of events. We want to, you know, have, uh, watch parties with, uh, with our listeners, uh, for Cubs road games. Uh, we want to do, we want to do some more interactive things in person and, uh, and be able to, to record those shows as well. So we want to do, uh, some more things coming in the future, but definitely a lot of stuff around uh, live events and get-togethers. I think there's a a lot of untapped things we can do there. Well, that sounds like a ton of fun. And I definitely, for any of our listeners who perhaps are not yet listening to Wrigleyville Nation, what's the best way for them to learn more about what's going on and the things you've got coming up in the future and connect with you? Sure. I, I would go and search. You can search for Chicago Cubs. You can search for Wrigleyville Nation uh, on any podcatcher. Uh, key is to be available anywhere podcasts are are downloaded, consumed. Uh, and so we, we try to be on every single platform available. So uh, that's iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you are, search for Wrigleyville Nation, find our podcast and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, that's always the best way because uh, during the playoffs, we pump out more than just our weekly cadence. We do a lot of special episodes to cover uh, the playoff series as they go along, any news that comes along. So uh, I always recommend uh, to listen to the show, subscribe through any podcatcher of your choice. Uh, WrigleyvilleNation.com is the website that has all those links uh, to subscribe to the podcast. And it has the entire links to the entire back catalog of the podcast. We have, and we have um, our Twitter is at Wrigleyville Nat. Same for Instagram and uh, Facebook.com slash Wrigleyville Nation as well. But uh, Twitter is the best way to engage. Or And uh, uh, also Wrigleyville Nation at gmail.com is our, our email address. 
Fantastic. And we'll be sure to include all of those links and the link to your podcast in the show notes as well to make it a little bit easier. Um, And I am looking forward to seeing what you guys do next and keeping my fingers crossed for another World Series win. Um, Thank you so much for talking today. This was great. This has been another episode of From the Beginning. Editing and theme music was provided by Roy Matz. Thank you for listening.